Christians around the world today are celebrating the feast of the baptism of our Lord. Baptism is a sacrament recognized and practiced by all Christians. It is a Christian ritual as old as communion, which means that over the years, Christians have had plenty of time to fight with each other about how we do it and what happens when we do it. And despite how much we argue about it, we get really close to agreeing about a couple of things, and here they are. Baptism confirms our identity and our calling. Baptism is about who we are and what we do. Early Christians brought the practice of baptism with them from their Jewish rituals. Our model for this is Jesus, and before we say anything else substantial about baptism, let's tell the story of Jesus' baptism. It is in all four Gospels. We are going to read Luke's version of it this morning. The story begins with Jesus' cousin, John the Baptizer, which is how we know that this was already a significant practice for some Jewish people. This story is in Luke chapter 3, verses 1 through 22. In the 15th year of the reign of Tiberius Caesar, when Pontius Pilate was governor of Judea and Herod was ruler of Galilee and his brother Philip, ruler of the region of Eterea and Trachonitis and Lysanias, ruler of Abilene, because you needed all that. During the high priesthood of Annas and Caiaphas, the word of the Lord came to John, son of Zechariah, in the wilderness. He went into all the region around the Jordan, proclaiming a baptism for repentance for the forgiveness of sins. As it is written in the book of the words of the prophet Isaiah, the voice of one crying in the wilderness, prepare the way of the Lord, make his path straight. Every valley shall be filled and every mountain and hill shall be made low and the crooked shall be made straight and the rough ways smooth and all flesh shall see the salvation of God. John said to the crowds coming out to be baptized by him, you brood of vipers. Who warned you to flee from the coming wrath? Therefore, bear fruits worthy of repentance. And do not begin to say to yourselves, we have Abraham as our ancestor. For I tell you, God is able to raise up from these stones children to Abraham. Even now, the axe is lying at the root of the trees. And therefore, every tree that does not bear good fruit will be cut down and thrown into the fire. And the crowds ask him, what then should we do? In reply, he said to them, whoever has two coats must share with anyone who has none, and whoever has food must do likewise. Even tax collectors came to be baptized, and they asked him, teacher, what should we do? And he said, collect no more than the amount prescribed for you. Soldiers also asked him, and we, what should we do? He said to them, do not extort money from anyone by threats or false accusation, and be satisfied with your wages. As the people were filled with expectation and all were questioning in their hearts concerning John, whether he might be the Messiah, John answered all of them by saying, I baptize you with water, but one who is more powerful than I is coming, and I am not unworthy to untie the strap of his sandals. He will baptize you with the Holy Spirit and fire, his winnowing fork is in his hand to clear his threshing floor and to gather the wheat into his granary, but the chaff he will burn with unquenchable fire. So with many other exhortations, he proclaimed the good news to the people. 
But Herod, the ruler who'd been rebuked by him because of Herodias, his brother's wife, and because of all the evil things that Herod had done, Herod added to them all by shutting up John in prison. Now when all the people were baptized, and when Jesus also had been baptized and was praying, the heaven was opened and the Holy Spirit descended upon him in bodily form like a dove, and a voice came from heaven, you are my son, the beloved, with you I am well pleased. This is the word of God for all people. Thanks be to God. Baptism confirms our Christian identity and our Christian vocation. It is about who we are and what we do. So first, let's talk about identity. In this story, Jesus has the experience that many of us wish we could have. He literally sees a vision and hears the voice of God telling him who he is. He is God's son. He is beloved and God is well pleased with him. God always starts with giving us an identity. Before telling us what to do, God tells us who we are. Our oldest stories say that humanity is first and foremost created in God's image. Noah was first and foremost called righteous. Before Abram and Sarai did anything to fulfill God's plan, God renamed them Abraham and Sarah. God gave them new identities. In a culture that is obsessed with production, that values humans based on their capacity to contribute to the GDP, you need to hear this morning that first and foremost, God loves you for who you are. Identity. Jesus' baptism was, of course, a singular experience, but Christians have always affirmed that we share in Jesus' baptism, which means that what happened to him in that moment extends to us Through Jesus, God the source calls each of us beloved. The reason this is so crucial that we remember our baptismal identity is because the enemy of our souls is always trying to make us doubt it. It doesn't matter how you picture the power of evil, whether you call it Satan or the devil or you see it as a force. The fact is we can feel it, can't we? The easiest way to get us down is to attack our identity. To make us doubt that we are created in the image of God, that we are blessed, that we are beloved children of God. In the story immediately after the one we just read, Jesus goes into the desert and is tempted by one called the accuser. And you know what the accuser says to Jesus? He says, if you are the son of God, Jesus has just had a vision and heard the voice of God say, you are my son, the beloved with whom I am well pleased. And the very next thing that happens is that the accuser tries to make Jesus doubt his identity. If you're the son of God. We remember our baptism this morning because we desperately need to be reminded of our baptismal identity as beloved children of God. In a few minutes, we're going to have a ritual of remembering our baptisms. And together, we're going to make a word cloud of our baptismal identities. Your baptismal identity is what name 
you need to hear God speaking over you this morning. Maybe it's not beloved. The easiest way to figure out what it might be is to think about what the enemy says to you in your darkest moments. When the thoughts or voices or forces or whatever you call them sneak into your head and start to call into question who you are, what do they call you? If they call you ugly, then maybe what you need to hear God speaking over you is beautiful. If they call you stupid, maybe the word you want to contribute is wise. If they say worthless, maybe your word is cherished. Baptism confirms our identity as beloved children of God. When those waters touch your body, you are marked forever as someone who belongs to God and belongs to God's people. Not because of what you can produce, but because you yourself are inherently precious and worthy and valuable. You are beloved. I am beloved. Together we are the beloved community. So first and foremost, baptism confirms our identity. Whenever it happens to you, baptism confirms it. Second, it confirms our vocation. Think about what Di said in her testimony. Where do people find her? At the kitchen sink. Vocation is not just the work that we are paid to do. The word vocation comes from the Latin word vocari, which means to call. Our vocation is whatever we are called to do by God. And Christians affirm that to be baptized is to have a vocation. We are all called by virtue of the fact that we are baptized. Our baptism confirms our vocation. It confirms our calling. We are all called by God to minister in the world. And thanks be to God, we are not all called to the same ministry. That would be so boring. We do not all have the same gifts. We do not all have the same vocation. And all of our vocations are precious. And all of our gifts are necessary. And as Di reminded us, they shift over time. The idea of having a vocation as Christians is one way that we give dignity and honor to our individuality and to our work. God calls people to be part of God's purposes in this world for the sake of the common good. Justice, love, spirituality, beauty, freedom, truth, these are all part of God's purposes in the world. These all reflect God. And living attentively to our vocation means considering the call of God in all areas of our life. That does not mean that everything we do is good. There are jobs and activities that promote greed and violence and religious hypocrisy and all kinds of destruction. That is not what we're called to do. That is not what is affirmed in us by God. Some people don't have much choice in what they're paid to do. But we should strive to do as little as possible when it comes to promoting greed and violence and religious hypocrisy. 
Our vocation is what we are called to do. Because you are baptized, you have a vocation. If you're not sure what your vocation is, think about what makes you feel most alive, most fulfilled, most joyful right now. Or think about what you do that increases God's justice, love, spirituality, beauty, freedom, or truth in the world. Do not dismiss it because it's not compensated work or because no one has ever gotten famous for doing it. God has called you to do it for God's glory and for the common good, and it needs to be done. It is your vocation. You have it by virtue of your baptism. Baptism confirms our identity. We are beloved children of God, and it confirms our vocation. We are called to expand God's justice, love, spirituality, beauty, freedom, and truth in the world. Baptism confirms this, whether it happens when we are infants or when we're grown. Your identity and vocation are certain, even if you do not remember the moment of your baptism. And although Christians disagree about this, my opinion is that once is enough. Like all of our rituals, it's meaningful for different people in different ways, and that's fine. If it needs to happen again for you, you can make that decision. I don't think anyone else should ever tell you your first baptism was insufficient. You cannot ever be unbaptized. God's blessing and calling can never be revoked in your life, no matter what you do or what is done to you. You are baptized. You are beloved. You are called. When Martin Luther was translating the Bible from Latin into German, he holed himself up in some castle somewhere and worked feverishly on it. Clearly, this is a monumental effort to make it possible for regular folk to read the Bible in their language. And you can bet that he doubted his identity and his calling. The story goes that when he was the most discouraged, when the voices in his head were saying the most discouraging and accusing things, he would verbally out loud yell back at them, I am baptized. Baptism is our comfort, our security, our affirmation, and our defense against the lies and accusations that evil wants us to believe about ourselves. It does not matter whether you remember the moment that water touched you. God wants you to remember your baptism. Remember that you are baptized. You are beloved. You are called. Nothing can ever change that. Everything you do to promote justice, love, spirituality, beauty, freedom, and truth in the world is valuable and noble. In the sacrament of baptism, we declare our trust in God's grace and forgiveness. And by declaring that, we are joined to the capital C Church the timeless, worldwide community of people who have made that same declaration. 
In the sacrament of baptism, we enact what is already true. By God's grace, through our trust, we are each and all saved, reconciled to God and one another and ourselves. In the sacrament of baptism, we are confirmed in our identity as beloved children of God. We cannot earn that. It is a gift. And we are confirmed in our vocation. We exist not just for ourselves and our own pleasures, but to further God's purposes in the world. Regardless of when or where or how it happens, we who are baptized have been given a new identity and a holy vocation. We have this identity and vocation as individuals, and we have it as a community. It is not just that you should remember your baptism, we should remember our baptism. We are baptized. As the body of Christ on earth, all of us together, whether we agree with each other or not, are beloved children of God. And all of us together, with all of our different gifts and interests, are called to further God's purposes in the world. So when you begin to feel discouraged, that you are not good enough, or that you can't do what you used to do, or that you're not smart enough, or attractive enough, or old enough, or young enough, or rich enough, or successful enough, or whatever enough, remember your baptism. You are a beloved child of God who is called to further God's purposes in the world. Do not let that discouragement overtake you. Stand up, lift your head, and yell back at that discouraging voice, I am baptized. Amen. <laughs>